Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Hit Factor. This is, we are coming live from Hayes, Kansas. We're in Kansas now? Yeah. We're in Kansas. Yeah. We just crossed the line. We're back in Hayes, Kansas. We finished up Area 3 today. Jeff Cawthon and myself, Sasquatch is obviously driving back to Kansas City or staying in Grand Island and probably consuming a few adult beverages tonight would be my guess. But uh, so we just wrapped up the match and we are live on our Discord. So we're going to get some questions through that, hopefully, as we go through this. Uh, anybody that is on Discord, ask it on the general, and I'll try to see stuff there. Um, so this is Jeff and I's last major, for sure, of the year, yeah, right? Most most likely, yeah. It's 100% for me, this is my last match of the year. Jeff's probably last match of the year. Um, I was not at all prepared coming into this match as far as like like feeling like I tuned up I mean I did I did shoot some like live rounds uh for me like zero um dry fire like whereas normally I would be dry firing like every day and like trying to work on stuff and dry fire and coming into this match it was like I don't want to dry fire I I just want to come to this match and have fun and since I didn't want to dry fire I didn't dry fire, um, so you know I probably shot shot a few times before coming into it, but no expectations whatsoever on performance. And yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I dry fired quite heavily up until the week of this match, and then I basically <laughs> didn't dry fire at all uh, the week. And then live fire has been. Pretty non-existent. I did like one one live fire uh, session, and then I went out like zeroed my gun with like 50 rounds uh, a couple days before. So very little training coming into this match, but it is what it is. Uh, it's just it's where we're at right now in life. Yeah. So I mean, for both of us, Jeff and I have talked about this a lot. Just on our Obviously, I was driving. Jeff has been chauffeured. Uh, it's like the longest Uber drive ever. Uber. I said Uber. <laughs> Uber drive ever. Uh, and so, yeah, he was quite refreshed. I was feeling a bit tired uh, coming to this match, but he's been quite refreshed. It was actually a struggle just to get him to book a hotel room tonight, which we're in the Baymont by Wyndham. Right? Oh god, this place is nice. It's it's probably the nicest place I've ever stayed at with Jeff, but I would not call it nice. They have probably painted recently, but it's probably one of those paint jobs where they don't actually like clean the walls. They don't do anything to the walls other than they just paint stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's about what that is looking like. Um, but so we talked a lot in our on our drive, and uh, did Jeff actually pay for tonight's hotel? Jeff has currently paid for the hotel room, but like I promise, he's got a very strict accounting of the exact number of cents he has spent, and we will yeah. split that probably like exactly how it needs to be split so that it's 50 50. Uh, these these matches usually come out pretty close to a wash if like jeremy pays for all the gas and, yeah. and i pay for the hotels but after this trip with gas the way it is i might still owe jeremy so actually it's gonna still be it'll be pretty close gas and hotel is usually pretty close we've stayed in cheap hotels so it's not it'll be pretty pretty close um and Craig, I did see your other question. We'll talk about like this area three versus previous area threes. Well, we can talk about that now. So this area three versus previous area threes. Um, I have shot them over the last 10 years. I haven't shot every single one over the last 10 years. This was the first year that I have shot it that Sherwin was not the match director for. Uh, this year, Matt Hopkins was the match director for it. And very much clearly not the same match yeah. as before. And so. Which I only shot uh, 2020. That was my first area three. And then 2021 got COVID. 2021, he, it, no, he had an attempted murder on me <laughs> in 2021. And he was unsuccessful because I'm not weak like he is. Weak. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but so I've only shot one of the the circus area threes, but I've seen the videos from all the previous ones. And yeah, uh, night and day difference as far as like the uh, what the match is completely different. Um, all the drop turners were treated as true disappearing targets here, so like it gave you actual options on those. Um, and there were several stages that had like good, like there were options on drop turners on disappearing targets. And there was good discussion on whether you should engage or not and how to engage them. It's kind of the neat thing about drop turners when they have two exposures is it really kind of gives you a lot of leeway in how you're going to yeah. approach it. Like trying to get it on the first pass or second pass, how many other targets you can squeeze in between it yeah. and whether it's worth it or not. Um, so there's definitely, Definitely a lot of that, which was which was good. Uh, there was no, there were no, there were zero gimmicks here. Uh, I would say, would you? I mean, couple unloaded starts. <coughs> yeah, everything was very much straightforward. Uh, there were some partials, and historically, Area Three Sherwin is allergic to partial targets. There were partial targets here, but they weren't crazy. Um, there was some distance. Uh, there were a few targets kind of pushed in that 30 to 40 yard range. Uh, not a ton or a bunch kind of in what I would say like that 15 to 20 yard range where you can kind of rail on them, but you can also, if you start to rail on them, then you can kind of miss them a little bit. <laughs> We might, so many we, might have, we might have experienced that a little bit uh, here in this room. Um, God, yeah. So, but the match was good. Uh, yeah, it, it was good. It, it wasn't anything like terribly exciting, but that's probably a nice change from 
what this match has been in the past, and I think a lot of people were pleased uh, with the change. Yeah. I'm sure some people were disappointed, because I'm sure some people like coming to the, the circus-style match, uh, but it was different this year. It was a good match. Uh, I mean, it was good, good setup and, and ran well, I thought. And they did a, an email thing with your scores. Like when you hit the approve button on the tablet, you were sent an email confirmation instead of them doing the little printouts. So pretty cool. I think, yeah. I think that's a, maybe the first match I've shot that way. I've had that before at some other matches, but yeah, that's that's better than trying to keep up with all the little printouts. The printouts are nice because you have a hard copy, but the email deal, getting that directly on the range, like they had, they had come in and said, you could see little Wi-Fi towers they had put up kind of along the base to make that work and and that was that was nice um I'll, I'll say like no match is perfect like I'm not like Matt Hopkins is a good friend of mine but and I told him this there were a couple of stages where the best way to shoot them honestly was like like there's one one stage where you shot 14 rounds from up at the very front of the stage and that was the best way to shoot it like yeah. so and there was there was another stage that was really similar to that it was like a 12 or 14 from all from one position and so there were a couple like that where like that i think there should have been another position added to that or some targets taken out um that like that like that to me that wasn't the best and then the the only other hiccup at the match is that there were several reshoots because there were positions that were set up such that you were having to shoot steel from ports that you weren't next to that you were further away from and so then we ended up with a bunch of reshoots because people would end up hitting that port and knocking the steel over and that's an automatic reshoot yeah um and so that's that's a little bit stage design that's a little bit stage setup um and and getting that stuff so that was i mean that was kind of a minor hiccup that that made some things slow down just a little bit but otherwise that's that's getting a little bit nitpicky. Yeah, uh, our squad had I think three. On that one stage, we had reshoots. three three reshoots. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and there were a few other things. So and we we had a good squad. We shot this match with uh, Bob Crow, Nils, uh, John McLean, Nick Walden, Nick Walden, Brown Boys, the Luke Cow, Ko, Cow. I don't. Uh, he shot with us the first day. Yeah. Uh, we he didn't shoot with us the second day. But he shot with us the first day. Yeah, the Brown boys were were great. Um, yeah, had another guy named Nick or Zach. What was the guy? The guy that was shooting open. Yeah, and then a guy named Hong Lee. Yeah, um, it was a good squad. Everybody was. Everybody, we had really good shooters. Uh, good squad. Um, and we were accompanied by the recently suspended Patrick Brown. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all uh, interesting thing. Okay, so so Jeff, what were your expectations coming into this match, and how did you did you meet those expectations, or how did you feel about it? Um, so I didn't have much expectations coming into this match, just due to the lack of training practice or been able to live fire. <clears throat> so, I was really just wanting to come and really gauge how I felt about that, 
like shoot the match and then see because I knew I wouldn't perform well. Uh, or I guess I didn't know, but I was not expecting to perform well. Uh, I, but I really wanted to see how I felt about that, like coming to a match, shooting, and not doing as well as I know I can. Because you're, I mean, like, you're a competitive person. Like, one of your biggest interests in being involved in the sport is the competitive aspect of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what drew me to the sport because guns didn't really draw me to the sport. Uh, I wasn't really into guns before the sport so much. So it was a competitive side of this that really got me into it in the first place. So sort of thinking that I, I might, as life gets more busy and I, more things get on my plate, if I want to stay in this, it, it would be at a different level, right? So, um, so I wanted to come to this match and kind of gauge what's that going to feel like if I show up and I take, you know, 10th, 10th place in production and uh, I shoot really terrible. <laughs> what's like, how am I going to feel about that afterwards? Uh, and no, it doesn't really feel great, uh, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I also wonder if if I do it a few more times, if it won't feel as bad, I can more enjoy just the process of coming and enjoying people. But uh, so to be so to to put <clears throat> people in, Jeff finished eighth in production. Um, yeah, it was it was seventy two percent of Jacob Hetherington, but to be fair. The next closest place to Jacob Hetherington was Casey Reed at basically 91%. And then the next closest person was 82%. And Jacob also beat all of the limited guys with his production gear and was only like, I think, 2% back from Nils in carry optics with his production. So the percentage against Jacob like shouldn't really be considered too much. No, but like <laughs> looking at the results... Like, if, if I was trained up and shot well at this match, like, I should have been in the top five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been the top five. Yeah, looking at, like, like Sasquatch was fifth, um, basically 6% ahead of, ahead of Jeff. And Sasquatch and Jeff usually battling out. Yeah, we, we could trade matches. Fairly well uh, for that. Either way, but... Like a well-shot match that I'm prepared for. I would have been top five there, but in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a stretch or a knock on anybody at all. Anyway, it wasn't very fun to, to shoot terrible. So, but, um, yeah, so part of me wonders if maybe it would feel a little better to shoot terrible if I was shooting a, a different gun that I maybe like a little bit more. So I may try experimenting with that um, possibly later this year or next year, shooting single stack again, uh, just because I naturally, like without training, shoot that gun better than I would uh, mechanics. Like mechanics just take a lot more attention for me. I have to focus on, on things a bit more uh, and controlling. And I just seem to shoot better points, like, in general, with the 1911, uh, aside from shooting major, like I shoot better points on the paper, I'll shoot less Charlies with the 1911. So we'll see. 
We'll see how that goes. Craig says, ugh, the gun? I thought the gun didn't really interest you. Yes, but he can't get away from the 1911 because that's God's gun, and the 1911 is superior to everything. Everybody knows this. It's facts. Facts. Anyway, what about yourself, Jeremy? Uh, I was like I said, like I didn't, I didn't do a lot of training coming into this. Um, I enjoy, I really enjoy the training aspect of this sport, um, and I'm kind of like that on, like even just playing golf like i love going to the driving range almost as much as i like playing rounds because like you get to go and kind of grind and like that's i really enjoy that part of it um and so this like kind of trying to remove expectations from my results i can kind of just go to the range and just enjoy the training without trying to stress is the training going well enough that i can perform well um, and so like, I do enjoy that part of it. Um, in all honesty for the work that I put into it, I felt like I had a decent match. I was 89 and something percent of Shane and you know, I was, I was Cody Axon and myself were battling it out for last place GM <laughs> and, uh, and he snuck by me, so I was I was last place GM, which is which is disappointing, but like it was all it was all pretty close, and so uh, I actually had a pretty good day the first day. I started off well, um, and then had a had a few sages that were just kind of actually the last couple sages yesterday and the first couple sages today were really hurt me a lot, um, and. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Let's just try to have a couple of good stages to finish the match rather than just get really mad about it. And last stage of the match was was a really good one, um, which was good. So, yeah. um, for me, honestly, like, at this point, like, I'm kind of feeling like this is a better place for me in the sport currently. Like, I don't, I don't have the time or the mental capacity with kids and jobs and other stuff that I'm doing to – put the effort in to try to compete like with the brown boys that are coming up like they're just getting every match they're getting better every every month they're getting better like i don't have the capacity to try to compete with them right now um and certainly within the guys the shane coley's and those people of the world um and so for me it's much more enjoyable just to to train what i can and then just kind of accept the results and my shooting my shooting versus my effort put in i shot much better um like probably honestly like this is probably the best match i've shot this year even not even taking not even taking that in against it's like it's probably better than i've shot at any other match this year um with less effort and that's probably because it was a better better just taking off getting rid of any sort of expectation yeah. Um, is probably really good. And, and so that's, that's really where I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna probably hang out here in the sport for the current future. Um, and enjoy it for what I can. I, it was a lot of fun. So like we had fun at the, uh, the match. Uh, like we got here, checked out stages for a little bit. We kind of 
we kind of saw that the stages were straightforward and that we didn't need to spend a ton of time. That was nice that we didn't need to spend four hours on the range trying to just figure out how we're going to shoot something. Yeah. Um, that was pretty nice. I will say that. And then, you know, we hung out with buddies and friends and went to this grand Allen has a crazy, crazy liquor store. That's like, it's the, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it's huge. And so that was cool. Um, and yeah, we just, we just had mostly had fun, uh, which was good. And so I'll say this about like the shooting, um, because when you're not trained up, like you do kind of try different stuff and you're just like, well, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do here? Um, I was not spending a lot of time in like mental rehearsals. And I think there were some, probably some things that kind of got me on, but I will say, like, I will say this, like my first stage of the match, first couple stages, really the match, like went pretty decently. They weren't, and they were like 85, 85 to 90% runs or something. Like they weren't great. Like they weren't, but they were fine. Um, I had no expectations as far as how fast or like how I wanted to shoot anything. It was just kind of just, just kind of watch and see what, see what's going on see how that goes. And so those went fairly well at that. And then kind of later in that, later in the first day, I was, I was really kind of, I wasn't mentally trying to push, um, but it, I, I was like, I, I could feel myself trying to feel like I need to be this fast on this target. I need to be this fast on this. And, mm. and that's when stuff started really going kind of haywire as, as steel. I had a bunch of misses on steel there that hurt pretty bad. And then by the last stage of the match, um, I had a, for whatever reason, going into that stage, um, for anybody that shot area three, it was in Bay 11. I think that was stage 13. Um, but going into that stage, like for whatever reason, like I just had a really good mental image of like how I could just shoot that stage comfortably, like without like that I didn't like not needing to push, not even do anything. Like it's just going to like, I just had a really good mental image of how I was going to shoot that stage. And I shot it virtually exactly like that, like my mental image was. Um, and it was, it was really, really solid. Uh, Blake Miguez beat me on it, but I was 98 and a half. I was a percent and a half behind that um, with a really, really good stage time and everything. So that was, that was good. Uh, I was really happy with, with how that match ended. So, um, yeah, I, I feel okay with it. So then, okay. So Jeff, like, so Jeff shot and Jeff probably I'll, I'll say this since I've, I've shot with Jeff a bunch, um, in the last couple of years, at least, and seen lots of his stages probably three of the worst stages I've seen him shoot in the last two years were shot at this match, <laughs> except for the one stage at single stack nationals two years. Was that two years ago or three years ago? When were you third? Uh, was that, two years ago. Was that 20, 2020, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So 2020 Jeff was leading that match. Yeah. And then you had a stage that didn't go good. That one was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and then he had several stages here that, like, when you watched him shoot it, everybody's like, 
Daggum, Jeff burned it down. <laughs> and then we looked at the targets, and he didn't hit anything. Yeah. Yeah, so I had a lot of issues. And I think this just comes from not not being practiced up of just dragging off targets before I was done shooting them pretty much. Or, yeah. Or getting in a rush and just kind of not knowing the speed that you you're, you can shoot at currently, like just not knowing your own limits because you haven't been shooting. Yeah. Uh, to try and do a sequence, right? And then you, you brush your target and drag off of it. Yeah, it was a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of mistakes like that. How many mics did I have? Like ten at this match? Uh, I don't know. Let me. I think I think it was eight. It was quite a few. Yeah, a couple of no shoots. Uh, yeah, it was pretty ugly. It was pretty ugly. But I would have felt better about it at the end of the day if I had shot a nineteen eleven. Like, oh, at least I still shoot a nineteen eleven. You had seven mics and two no shoots. Yeah. So your your single digit mics, hey dude, you actually shot, you shot, you were the second fastest person in production. So that like you were three seconds faster than Casey Reed. You didn't anything. You were only two seconds slower than me for the whole match. Single stack versus limited. Yeah, I mean, I. So Jeff was shooting fast and moving really fast. I I didn't really feel like I was shooting too fast right so like too yeah. fast for at one point like that speed was comfortable right like, and i could could run stuff at that speed but and yeah i don't know just not this one not this time so, so then okay so like so I, my sense of it from talking to you and having talked to the after match that like you would not be happy with that level of input as well as that level of result going forward in this sport. Like, I think you would get burnout and kind of done with it pretty quickly. If I kept seeing that, that results like in yeah. this match. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to make some adjustments. Like if, if I need to, to bring the level of shooting down then that, that's what I need to do, but I can't like, if I want to be happy with my performance, I can't try to shoot at the same level that I did when I was practiced up, right? Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to do that. Uh, and I don't really know if that would make me feel better because we also talked about that. Like, would it feel better to shoot slower and good or to shoot at, at the speed that you think you can and, and see how well that goes? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I've yeah. never done this before. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough for, uh, I think it's tough for, like, somebody who's, like, when you've, when you've gotten really good at it, and then all of a sudden, like, you don't, like, you're just rusty, like, those skills are still there, but you're just rusty, so you can't express those skills on command uh, to be able to, to bring it back to whatever you can do. Um, I think for Jeff, like, it's going to be a matter of, like, what is what is the amount of input that I can give that gives me a result where I can still enjoy the sport? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I have this thing in my head where I think if I just go and shoot a nineteen eleven, I'll be happy with whatever outcome there is. But it's probably not true. But I'm gonna try that. 
Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, you shoot the 19. You have always you've shot the 19 better better than you have shot the Canic. Yeah, um, like there's just more struggle with the Canic than with the 1911 for you. There is, and I, I don't know if that's purely because of the gun or just because of history. Just because I have yeah. so much experience with that gun. Um, but I mean, and this is not like a. It's not like a, I give up and I'm not shooting or training anymore. But. You know, as as life is going, there there is not going to be as much hard training as there has been in the past. So, uh, like what what we talk about on the podcast may shift to more commentary style than like talking about training all the time. Yeah. Um, and maybe some reviews. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, and of course we still can field a lot of questions. Yeah, so things are just sort of shifting a little, and there's going to be some some soul searching in there to figure out how I feel about it, right? I feel like Jeff is like he's entering where I was like after nationals last year and after nationals this year. Like Jeff is starting to feel the same thing that I was that I was feeling uh, at that point. Maybe not to that degree. Not to that. Degree. Jeff didn't have quite the like I length still, of time. Yeah, I still went to the awards ceremony. Well, yes, because he didn't have a ride out of there. <laughs> like, I had the ability to not go to the awards ceremony because I drove my own car. I actually car. won stuff. Yeah, got Jeff it. got a freaking like a yeah. he got a cup like yeah, a, I got a cup and a T one thousand. Yeah, he got a T one thousand holster hanger. Thank you, Henning, for sponsoring. He doesn't listen to this, but. Actually, he does sometimes listen to it, so he might hear it. But Henning's awesome. He we got to see him and chat with him. He's great. Um, I got a. I need. To, I sent you a message on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure you never see it. I got a, a gift certificate to Hunter's HD Gold because I want some polarized lenses. Uh, so thank you, big shout out to Brian who was there sponsoring the match um, for that. Um, we did have a comment from Craig. Dang, I'm falling over him. Uh, Craig says that shooting versus people in this sport are on equal footing. Uh, depends on the day which one he likes more. And he recommends just enjoying the whole experience. Um, and that, that's what I'm trying to do. And he says to Jeff, he says what Jeff was talking about with this match as far as like struggling, like how to how hard to push and that sort of stuff. He said. That's why this match was great. It seemed like every shot could be taken by all skill levels and just up to the shooters, the sequence and how fast they chose to shoot them. Uh, that's very true of that's a, that's yeah. very true of this match. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, there was no there was no ridiculous shot here, which was, was good. Yeah. Probably the I think the hardest shot, maybe because it's the one I struggled with the most, was the there was a swinging plate. This is the first time I've shot swinging plates. Yeah, me too, um, I think. And they were, it was really cool. It's kind of, they were set up kind of like a Texas star as far as how they attached, but instead of a spring, it was a magnet that held them on. And it was, it was baller. I mean, it was awesome. It's easy to reset. Um, I never saw one fail. They all, they all worked. Um, There was, I I was feeling good about, there were only three of them in the match. I was feeling really good because the first two I hit, first shot, no, no makeups, no nothing, hit them. Yeah. 
And then the third one that we engaged was, was it 20 yards? It was long. It was a long one. It was out there. I don't know if it was 20, but it was long. It was 15 to 20. For me, you can almost always add, like, whatever I think it is in a match, it's probably three yards closer. So probably 17 yards or so. Um, But it was a, what, eight-inch plate? Yeah, swinging eight-inch plate. So swinging not real fast, but when it's only an eight-inch plate. Well, and it was was swinging behind hardcover. So right. Like exposure and then it was yeah. gone. So. You only had it over the top. So, like, yeah, that one may have been pretty tough for a, a lower-level shooter. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, iron, definitely iron-sided on a lower-level shooter. Like, yeah, they would have probably struggled pretty – quite a lot with it. I struggled with it um, quite a lot, which doesn't – sometimes I shoot, like, a much, much lower-level shooter, so – that's okay. Um, so I had an interesting experience on one stage that we shot this morning. Uh, so we had this stage and there was, there was a, a target that you shot basically that was, there were walls running parallel with how you were shooting it. And here they were basically using T post in the ground and they had kind of like a nylon netting just kind of tied up between the T posts that were in the ground. And that's, that's, that's typically that's most that's kind of fine. Um, the problem was is that when we when I got up to shoot that, there was a wind and it blew that net. That netting had some give in it, and so it blew it enough such that I could only see half the target whenever I was shooting it. Um, and so I shot it and and I had a miss. And so I'm like, and then as soon as I shot it, like I said something about that. And so then the RO went and they kind of snug that they used some zip ties and they snug that netting down so that it wouldn't be, so it wouldn't do that anymore. And you could see that they had made that. That wasn't the first time they had made that alteration on that stage. Um, and so I tracked down the range master, uh, I was like, Hey, I, I would like to arbitrate this stage. And so he comes and he's like, okay, what stage? And he asks like, have you shot it yet? And I said, Yes. And so his, his response is, well, you, you can't arbitrate it. Um, which that is, I guess that is a newer rule that I, I actually wasn't, I wasn't aware of that, um, yeah. that you couldn't do it. So I guess once you've shot a stage, you cannot, you're not allowed to arbitrate it. Um, and I actually, I think I know a little bit of how that came about. Um, cause somebody tried to kind of use that to their advantage. Um, but so, so he said he can't arbitrate it. And I was like, okay, well, if I can't arbitrate it, I said, well, but it is a different shooting challenge for different people and the stage has been altered. So like, that's kind of, that's a little, I think that's a little bit bogus, um, but nothing I could do about it. So move on. We're on the next stage waiting for the net. We're waiting on the squad in front of us. And then the RM called me back. He was talking with the other ROs on that stage and he called me back and he said, Hey, like I was talking with the other ROs, like, he asked me if I shot the netting, if I shot through the netting. He's like, I have no idea if I hit the netting or not. I knew I had a miss on the target, but I have no idea. And he said, well, he's like, I'm going to offer you a reshoot if you want to take that reshoot. And he said, now that's up to you because the ROs think that you had a really good run so that you may not, you know, it's up to you if you want to take the reshoot. Now, in my mind, I'm like, well, I really want to reshoot it because I did not, I had a miss. I didn't have a good run. Um, I didn't hit the disappearing target that I shot at. 
Um, so it was, in my mind, is like not a good run. I would love a reshoot. At the same time, since he was offering it to me, like it felt very disingenuous for me to take that reshoot because it just didn't seem fair. And so I didn't, I said, I said, look, I, I don't feel good about taking, taking a reshoot. Um, cause I don't think that's, I just wouldn't feel good about myself if I shot it two seconds faster and clean, which was, would have been possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. it would have been a huge point swing. Um, and so I, so I said, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Um, so the question is, did I make the right decision? Uh, cause I don't know. Um, Part of me says I made the wrong decision. I should have, I should have reshot it. Right. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a really tough one, because, like, from from their perspective, right? <clears throat> I mean, they didn't see the net fly in front of Jeremy. Yeah, so, they didn't have the perspective to yeah, see that. So they didn't see any of that. So from their perspective. This guy gets a mic on the stage, and now he's trying to arb the stage, and they never saw anything happen wrong, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised they even offered it. I was too, honestly. Uh, I was ta- a little taken aback whenever he offered it. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably would have done the same thing they did. Oh, well, I didn't see it. He says it. Let's cinch it down so maybe the next thing never happens for the next guy. Yeah. Because... Uh, they never saw anything wrong happen. So it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be, I kind of question myself on that. Maybe um, the, the other thing for me, like to me, a reshoot should be a, not an option for the shooter. That was what, that was the other thing that kind of surprised me. The, the RM was trying to be as fair as possible to me. So I really, I don't, I don't know the RM's name. I've seen him at matches before, but I don't know his name. So Anybody that knows who the RM was, uh, make a comment on the Discord so I can know who it was. He was trying to be as fair as possible to me, so I do really appreciate that. There was no – they wanted to give me a fair a fair match, as fair a match as anybody else. Um, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and you can't foresee all the issues that you're going to have right. set up in, in a stage. But I mean, that, that would be the ultimate fix is, you know, to not, to not put a, a target right up against a 20 foot long wall of um, netting. That's, yeah. That's pretty fluid and moves around a lot. Yeah. So not, you can't think about everything, but you know, maybe next time we think about that one. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, and weather, like, weather affects our sport. Just like, I mean, you go play golf and the wind is good for some people and terrible for other people. That is yeah. that is part of it, and it's not always fair. So, let's see. Uh, if you're ever in Grand Island, Nebraska, uh, you should go to, was it McGinney's? The Irish Pope? Yeah. McKinney's? McKinney's? I know McKinney's, yeah. There's an Irish pub like downtown yeah. called McKinney's. Uh, the food is really cheap. Um, it's normal. It's not like super cheap. That's like $10 a... Yeah, it's like $10, $12. Yeah, $10 a plate. Compared to the hibachi steakhouse that we went to the night before, it was really cheap. Yeah, I had my first hibachi. Yeah, Jeff had never had a hibachi. Yeah. 
he caught the broccoli in his mouth. Yeah. Did you think we were all going to burn up whenever they set that thing on fire? No. It was warm in there, though. Yeah, it was roasty toasty. Yeah. That was good. I bought you. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then we went to the Irish pub. And I had an apple pie drink. That was pretty good. Oh, so when we were at the... Uh... Oh, you didn't get it at that liquor store. You got it at a different. We went to several liquor stores oh, hunting yeah. for stuff. And Jeff found a bottle of screwball. <laughs> and Jeff had to have this bottle of screwball, <laughs> which is, if you don't know what screwball is, it is peanut butter flavored whiskey. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's much worse than I than I thought it would be. Is it bad? I didn't drink it. Yeah. So I've, I've played like, like it's the best thing pretty much all weekend just because... People think it's hilarious, but yeah, it's it's not great. Cause I was expecting like a whiskey with like a hint of peanut butter in there, but it's like it's like peanut butter whiskey, peanut butter liqueur. It's like it's sweet, it's really <laughs> sweet. It's yeah, it's like an ingredient you would put in something. Yeah, it's not good. So if yeah. you have any recipes. I really want something that tastes like a PB and J. So, Ryan, Discord. Yes. I need a recipe. Ryan, you need to come through with a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need a with uh, a mixer for his screwball. Yeah, my screwball. I need a good screwball drink. I would appreciate it because I have a lot of it. He was, <laughs> he was razzed mercilessly for buying that screwball. I was. Yeah. Probably deserved it. So. Yeah. Uh, the awards were good. Hornady uh, came through with a bunch of stuff, as they always do at this match. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's good, it's good to see. And they have – who is it from Hornady that is actually at the match? You know, he's been there both the years that that I've been to it. He's I don't there. know his name. Yeah. There's a representative, like, from Hornady that's there. Yeah. Anyway, the – just talked about how much they, they like having the match there and sponsoring the match and are appreciative and think it's a big deal that we've been able to have this long-standing match uh, there. So, I mean, that's pretty cool to see coming from a sponsor. Yeah. You don't you don't see a whole lot of that, I don't think. Usually yeah. the sponsors are, you know, they send their stuff or put their money in and, and you don't hear a whole lot from them. Yeah as a company or individually. Um, so it was cool to have someone there. Um, and I think he normally is there. I just haven't shot this match that many times. So. Yeah, and I, I normally don't stick around for awards. Because you shoot so bad. Uh, I mean, this match I've won several times. Have you? In single stack. Well, I shouldn't say several. I've won it a couple of times at least. I think, yeah. I won it a couple of times in single stack, I think. I don't know. Maybe I haven't. Maybe just once. I'm pretty sure I won it once. I don't know. Jeff cheated and beat me one year. The year that he won it, it was a cheat. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. That's, that's, what I that's do. all Jeff. Cheat and try to kill me. Like, that's what Jeff does. Um, so yeah, so it's been a good match. Unfortunately, it is my last match of the year. Um, got a mule deer hunt. We did talk to, like, lots of different people that are on, that like, listen to the podcast and are on the Discord. Um, 
And so, like, that was great to talk to those guys. Who was the guy that we were talking to last? Oh, see, you're... Tyrone? Man, I'm so bad with names. So, I... The guy with the orange shirt, uh, he was really cool. That was from Nebraska. He had a... Like, Saturday, he had a really bright orange shirt on. And then today, he had a less bright orange shirt on. And he's on the Discord, so he listens to it. He's from Nebraska. We were talking about hunting and stuff. And he's got a... I think a whitetail and a mule deer hunt maybe this year that he's hoping to get a good one. So I hope he does have lots of success. Um, but it was, but we had several people that came up and talked to us. Uh, they were like, Hey, we listen and are on the discord and that sort of stuff. It was this like leprechaun looking guy that kept trying to show us fish. Jeez. That guy, like, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was like, I got this five pound bass. Oh God, look at this one. It was like maybe a half pound bass, uh, but he just thought it was, I think because he's just short in stature, so he thinks they're five pounds. Uh, but, you know, he said he's busy ROing, but he's really just out there. Tyrell Sprague, Sprague, was that his name? Tyrell? He didn't, I think so. Probably. Yeah, could have. He didn't tell us the last name. Oh, Tyrell was the guy in the orange shirt. Like, there's a good chance that that was, that his name was Tyrell. Uh, Billy McScrublord, which Philip, uh, we missed you we being had, here. Yeah, we had to tell every single stage. Every RO. Every yep. RO. Philo did not well, come. Phil's not here. He says Jones Soda had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich soda 10 years ago, and it was strangely accurate yet disgusting because <laughs> Philip always drank it at room temperature. <laughs> that, that does sound a little bit gross. Uh, uh, yeah, Craig, Matt said he, he didn't recognize single stack at this match because there were only four competitors here this year. Um, but, but Jeff they, but was... But they did. Did they still recognize at it? the awards, yeah. They did? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, he sent an email out saying he wasn't going to recognize they it. They did. But... They said they weren't going to recognize it. And then... And then they did? I guess people just showed up and shot it and they recognized it. Yeah. I feel like if Jeff like showed up to shoot this, like Jeff is the heat in single stack. So if he signs up for it and says he's going to shoot it, then other people are going to want to sign up and shoot it because Jeff's bringing the heat there. Or at least somebody is. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. Like when, when the good people leave a division. Yeah, that's true. Nobody shoots it. That's very much true. Um, yeah. If Jeff shoots it, they will come. That's right. I agree with that. They will come. I mean, I feel like it was like around this part of the country, it was it was ramping up a little bit yeah. when like you and me, and when Tim Heron was over here shooting mm-hmm. a bit more. Uh, yeah, when there's when there's a few good people running around shooting all the matches here in the division. Yeah, I think people gravitate towards it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so yeah, I will probably shoot more single stack. In the future, which I've obviously I've shot a lot of single stack in the past, but this year I shot a fair amount of limited, and I'll probably shoot more single stack in the future. So Jeff and I can go head to head more. Yeah, because it's fun battling people out. It is it and is tracking fun. scores. I think that would be a I, I, that was the other thing that Jeff was the only guy shooting production on our squad. Yeah, like there was there was nobody else shooting production, so he wasn't really shooting against anybody i don't know because you weren't really looking at scores at all were you 
No, I did, I did, I did not. He wasn't paying attention to scores or anything like that. It was probably smart. Um, I wasn't watching scores. I didn't watch scores throughout the. I mean, there were a couple stages. Like I had like a decent stage, and was like, oh, I wonder how what was the high hit factor on that because Shane had shot Shane and and uh, Blake had shot all the stages before. So at this, like, I never shot a match, or I never shot a stage at this match, and was like. Yeah, that was pretty good. I should go see how that stacks up. <laughs> Never happened. Well, if you had thought you shot it pretty good and you went to see how it stacked up against Jacob, you would have felt worse about right. yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Jacob absolutely crushed it. Most likely, Jake. Our next power rankings. So I'll talk about the power rankings. Our power rankings. I'm going to come out area eight. I think is in two weeks. So. I'm going to come out with a new power rankings after area eight and sometime before carry optics nationals. And then we have carry optics nationals in area four in September. So then I'll come out with a power rankings after those two matches sometime before that. And the, the two national matches that are in October and then sometime after the nationals in October, I'll have a final year end power rankings. Um, and my goal with that is actually, I think I've decided I'm not going to go to 20. I did 10 the first time. I'm going to go to 16 because in our sport, like top 16 has always been a thing. So that's that's probably what I'll do is I'll do a top 16 power rankings. And uh, that's been fun. Uh, I think I think the more, like if I, come, if I come out with that consistently, there'll be a little bit more conversation around it. Um, yeah, if it changes, I guess. Yeah, as, as that changes, I think more and more people might which if you go to 16 to it. It, could, it could change like i feel like it could change on the lower end quite a bit. yeah the lower end that 16 <clears throat> can definitely change a lot um so yeah i it's that i, I enjoy that part of it that's fun so but let's let's touch on what's happening with with jacob right now like it's <laughs> okay like it's just kind of hard to comprehend um like the brutality that he's bringing to these matches, the humiliation. I mean, like what Jacob did at Area Five was just like, that's insane. Yeah. But there have been we have seen other people have perf- single match performances like that that are kind of crazy. We've seen that from Jacob, uh, maybe not to that level, maybe not that yeah. that high a level, but we've seen that before. But then for him to do this, like now two matches in a row, and then I assume he's going to shoot Area 8 because the AMU shoots most of the area matches. Um, like, if he does that again, like, dude, it is it really is insane because this match was not, like, I'm not going to say, like, it was, like, painful to shoot low cap. Like, there were plenty, like, there were enough options shooting low cap yeah, it was. to come up with decent plans. Yeah. But there was a, but it wasn't such that like, like there was a definite handicap for a low cap versus a production versus carry optics. Whereas you can set up stages when there's plenty, of, if there's plenty of room for reloads, like between positions, that shooting production really doesn't have that much disadvantage to a high cap gun. Right, yeah. um, this one definitely did give up quite a bit, I think, to high cap. Yeah. And Jacob would have been, I'm pretty sure, third in carry optics and only, like like I said, a percent behind Niels 
at this match. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, they were like there were three or four stages where if you were shooting high cap you could cut out a whole position. Yeah. Pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what Jacob has been doing as far as showing up and just like obliterating his own division production. Yeah, twenty five seconds faster than Casey Reed. At this match? At this match. Twenty five seconds. That's insane. But also because Casey shot a good match. Right. But also like beating all of the limited shooters and most of the open and yeah. CO shooters. Like I don't even know what to think about. I've just told multiple people, like, how's that even possible? Like these other people are good shooters. Yeah. How is it possible that he's just taken the level of of the sport that much higher? How's that possible? I mean, it's just absolute fearlessness. And now, like, like not only is he fearless, but like in shooting fearless, he's not making any mistakes. Um, which is which is crazy. Uh, like the limited field was fairly deep um and some really good really good limited shooters and yeah he beat all of them with a 10 round minor gun with no magwell that's uh, insanity it's it's crazy um i like he's so much the favorite to win production at this point now nils will be shooting iron sighted gun at production nationals and nils is a better iron sight shooter than he is a dot shooter um, but I would still pick after this match. I would still pick. Right. How do I don't. You, you can't. There's no way to not pick Jacob. Right. Yeah. For that match. Um, I will say, like, like uh, Nils, Max one carry optics. I think Nils was like three and a half percent. Yeah. Behind him, uh, and I, and we shot like we said we shot with Nils, like. This was definitely Nils was not sharp. Um, at, it, say he's not. He's only three and a half percent behind Max. It's not like Nils had a bad match, but it wasn't. It, he just did not shoot as well as as he as I've seen him shoot this year. And I think Nils was just a little more. He just had a little more fun with friends at this match and wasn't. He did appear to be having. Yeah, I think he. I think this was. For him, this was a match to go hang out with with buddies as well and have fun. And I mean, he does that. This is the third match I've shot, uh, kind of shot and hung around him this year. Um, and he he always, I mean, he very much enjoys the sport. Um, so I'm not giving I'm not going to give him a huge penalty for the power rankings from this match. It's <laughs> very, very kind. Of I, I know he's. I know Nils is really worried about that. It's very kind. Of uh, he probably won't get. No, Ari Eight's coming up. Like he, he needs to. He needs to bring it at Area Eight. We might have to right. revisit some things. But so yeah. Area three. We had to talk a lot with Patrick Brown about his um, suspension and. Oh yeah, we are very frustrated with that. Who else did we also talk to today? Um, so we 
we had a conversation that uh, we were having a conversation with a future area director that we we were kind of watching the conversation as a buddy of mine was talking to him and basically saying like we have shot with Patrick and his kids and like if he's the person that we need to get out of the sport then like there's something seriously wrong with the sport because we need this we need pe- we need this sport to be full of people like Patrick Brown um, from every experience I have had with him every experience I've had with his kids and every experience I've had like with his his wife and like whole family um, like we need more people like that in the sport and a certain area director walked up do we want to name him yeah oh, okay course. so area two walked up in the middle of that conversation um area two is Leighton Ustason uh he walked up and asked who are we like who are we talking about and and my buddy was like we're we're talking about why is why is Pat Brown why is he suspended and his first words were first words fuck that guy yeah f that guy first first words out of area two What's his full name? I'd like to say his full name. Leighton Ustazen. Yeah. Ustahazen. I think it's Ustahazen. I don't know that. First words out of his mouth. Word. Coming, coming into a, a conversation that he didn't really hear much of. About a, well, a suspended member, which means he's still currently a mender, member with just with no privileges, I think, yeah. is what that means. Um, anyway, so we... And we and we like we gave exchange. We had some exchange with them and like like hey like why are you talking about the guy like that like what what is wrong and basically he's saying he, he his position is that well he's just cutting snippets of stuff he's just you know he's he's not giving context to the arguments that he's making so that he's just trying to make the sport look bad um, and and Jeff's comment to him is like we'll provide context and his response to that is. Well, if we provide the full context, then all of that's just going to get taken out of context. Yeah, it'll just get it'll just get twisted. It'll just get turned back on us. Um, and then, and then Sherwin, <laughs> our president, uh, walked up and okay. halfway through that conversation, yeah. and Sherwin said, "All the information you, you want is in the minutes. In the minutes, uh, you can find all the information you need to find there. And if it's not, then call me, and I'll give it to you." Well, I know for a fact that Patrick Brown called Sherwin to ask him, why have you suspended me? And Sherwin said, I can't tell you that. And that was the end of that conversation. And so like, they they have all this stuff um, that they have against them. And apparently that they that they say is coming out. They, they told us it's going to come out is what they told us. Um, yeah. And like I will say this, like I have had numerous conversations with Patrick Brown. I've watched Patrick Brown talk to other people about this. Um, I have not one time heard Patrick Brown talk or say anything disrespectful um, about any member of the board or the sport or anything like that or any sort of manner. And I think he has 100% right to do so. Uh, at this point, and yet the person who's saying that the person who's making the argument that we're that the facts are being twisted and they're just trying to destroy the sport, his first words about this person are "fuck that guy." Uh, sorry for anybody in our audience that 
I, I don't like to I don't like to use language like that, but that's just what that is what was used. Um, and like, I think that tells you all you need to know about um, how our current board feels about uh, the members, and like that that left me even more pissed off and fired up about about that situation which right because we get worked up about stuff that we see on the internet right and and you get a lot of information secondhand or you know people say things in facebook comments that they might not really say in person but to be on the ground like face to face with these guys <clears throat> and say that and say go look at the minutes like have you looked at the minutes? <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing in the minutes. Nothing useful. Um, anyway, it was it was a bit eye opening, honestly, to to have a face to face uh, conversation with them and ask them for clarification on any of this stuff. It it was bad. It yeah. Was bad. Yeah. There was there was zero clarification <clears throat> give. Um, and then for some reason he wanted to bring up Donna Webb up in the middle of this, and it's like I don't have any idea who Donna Webb. I hope she does a great job. Yeah, kind, uh, kind of the whole gist of the conversation was anybody who opposes their ideals or the organization is guilty by association with Ben Stegen. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how all this is being wrapped up together. It's like if if you disagree with anything, well then. Ben has got to you. Yeah, you've been misled by Ben, and you cannot think for yourself. Yeah. All the everything's been twisted, and all you can hear is what Ben has told yeah, you. Yeah, you've been manipulated by Ben. Yeah, uh, that's that's how they're framing all of this. So, yeah, and unfortunately, like to me, the sad part is, like, they're not smart enough to have an interaction with people that, like, hey, maybe I have a chance to persuade these people that, hey, that we are doing a good job and they're not smart enough to interact in a public manner such that they would influence us to think, hey, we're doing a good job. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was, terrible. It was like my only response to that interaction was that like, wow, you are not fit to be in this position. Like right. if, if that's the, how you're going to behave publicly, like, wow, can you only imagine what they say behind closed doors? They were, um, they were instantly like angry. Yeah and pissed off that we were talking about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway. I, I don't love talking about any of that stuff, but no. unfortunately, like, like there needs to be a voice of some point, um, and I don't, I don't really know the best way to do that, but. But I thought it was worth mentioning since we yeah. did have a face-to-face, firsthand exchange with these guys, and it went – Honestly, like worse than I thought it would. Yeah. So. Yep, pretty much. And like, I'm not even, like, I don't necessarily like conflict. Um, but it was difficult to not, like, say things to, to them while they were there. Because they're just, like, speaking lunacy. Like, to, to tell them, well, if we're, you know, if they're, rep, they're putting, uh, information that's out of context out there just give us the context yeah it seems so simple and then they're just whoa it's crazy 
yeah, I don't know what else to say or do about that other than yeah, um, enjoy your sport for what you can and make your vote count. Make your vote count. Uh, so for any upcoming election, like do whatever you can to get get qualified people to run for it. Hopefully, like we do have another presidential election. I know we've had a presidential election going on for seeming forever. Uh, there is another one that's going to be coming up in a year. And hopefully we will get somebody really qualified that we can get in, even though that position is neutered. Uh, they are at least another vote on the board. And then what area six election I think is coming up next too. So hopefully we'll have somebody qualified that's going to run for that. Um, and I don't mean qualified, like they've served on 10 different boards in the past and all that. I don't really care about that. Like, are they qualified as far as their vision for the sport? Is it, is it a healthy vision um, for how they want to run their match and how they want to vote? So, all right. So that was our area three. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the, uh, Craig says five and six are up next year. Um, okay. So, yeah, we will, I'm going to be out of town for, I'm going to be in Idaho fly fishing for the next little bit and so we may be a couple weeks before we we may not have a we may not have a, a podcast for a few weeks yeah um be. hopefully we'll get something out before carry optics nationals try to get a guest or two maybe that's going to compete at that match on before then so thank you guys who uh sent questions in and uh we will see you guys next time Oh, stop recording, damn it.